1: The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs and discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
0: Are you tired of prediction shows? Spell it with a K. so you, Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet.
2: There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandafface.com The number two Aface.com.
0: Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present and future. Now I bring my authoritative tell it like it is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flames. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Happy Tuesday evening. This is the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. We are also brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, we are available anywhere fine podcasts are made available on the MLW Radio Network. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and all places in between. As you know, I'm joined by my wonderful friend from another country, same continent, but different country. His name is The Butt. Mr. Butt, how are you doing tonight, buddy?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Freeland. How are you, bud?
2: You know what? I am good. It is the eve of the eve of Thanksgiving here in the gold you old... U.S. of A, so uh, the big day is going to be happening on Thursday, so uh, we're hosting, so my wife has been working feverishly uh, to get the house ready for 17 people uh, to come on over and eat in my house, use my bathroom, oh my God, the more I think about it, the more I get more anxiety, but uh, anyway, that's Thanksgiving, that's not tonight, tonight we talk wrestling. All right. No, actually, I'm curious. What's on the menu for Thanksgiving? So Thanksgiving's going to be really interesting. So I'm the bird man. So I have been making the bird for years now. So um, I am probably going to do a maple bacon uh, type of brown sugar bird this year. Nice, sweet. Um, We're also going to have your traditional cranberry sauce, mac and cheese, all the stuff the Pilgrims and the Indians had, right? Because that's they all had all that. O'Grotton, I believe. Mac and cheese? Mac and cheese? Macaroni and cheese?
1: Well, I know what macaroni and cheese is. That's a oh. Thanksgiving thing?
2: Yeah, here in the state. Well, hey, listen, you walk through that door with mac and cheese in your hand, come on in. You're welcomed in. I'll take anything. Uh, There's a shock. Yeah, this is true. I'll take anything. Uh, O'Grotton's going to be on there. Obviously, stuffing is going to be on there. A big favorite uh, amongst our family is this um, sweet potato casserole. Have you ever had the opportunity to have some sweet potato casserole?
1: No, I like sweet potatoes.
2: Oh my god, I love sweet potatoes. So it's it's a casserole. It is fantastic. Uh, I'd do fifteen to twenty years in prison Uh, right now if somebody served me a big old heaping serving of that. I love it so very much. So that that's that, and a whole lot more. Uh, Not not excluding the personalities and all the craziness that's going to be happening here. So it'll be, uh, wow. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, what else has been going on with you? I mean, no, you had your Thanksgiving, you had that back in October, correct?
1: That's correct. Yep.
2: Very nice. So was it just you and the missus or did you guys get together with a fam again?
1: Uh, went over to her, to her parents' place. Just nice. Four of us. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Very cool. Yeah, you know, Turkey, Potatoes, dressing, you know, corn, all that good stuff. Gravy, of course.
2: Is there anything that's quintessential Canada when it comes to like uh, dishes that you might not typically see other uh, parts of the world eat or anything to that nature? Anything that's kind of...
1: Well, Putin. I would
2: imagine. Putin. Yeah, from Russia. No, not Putin. Vladimir. No. Yeah. no, no. So, Putin. Um, so, tell me what so what what is it called putin 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 yes i said it i said it before putin so tell me a little bit about what's inside this uh this dish is this a a main dish a dessert what are we talking
1: it's a side it's a french fries with cheese curd and gravy oh that sounds fantastic it is fantastic wow
2: i've had cheese curds from wisconsin which they mm-hmm. sell them in like big bags. Those are fantastic, but I've never had it with with French fries and then, uh, I guess, gravy or whatever you want to call it, uh, and then obviously the cheese curd. So I'm gonna have to try that. Is uh is that like a a big a big like popular thing? Like when people are getting together, who's gonna bring the Putin?
1: No, it's just a it's a side that you get. Like if you go to McDonald's, you can order it here. Instead wow. of fries or Wendy's or whatever, it's, it's, it's
2: very Canadian. You got some Tim Hortons up there? Well, just a couple. Yeah,
1: I drive past one, two, three, four, six on my way to work every day.
2: Holy sweet, wow, yeah. wow! Um, th- there's also something that's big in Canada. It's it's that Donair. Is that what it's called?
1: A Donair. It's... Yeah, they're better on Halifax. Is where they originated, as far as I know. It's huge. So right, what uh, exactly from is the land. It's a big deal. Oh, now you're asking a question. Um, it's, like a, it's on a big spit, basically. It just goes around, and you just shave it off as meat. Meat and spices could be lamb, could be beef, could be a mixture of both, could be pork in it. And it just goes through. You slice it off. It's on a spit going around the restaurant. Slice Correct. it off nice and thin. Uh, a little bit of tomato if you want on it. Some diced up onion, some of the sweet sauce, a little bit of cheese if you want, on a on a pita.
2: Oh, on the old pita bread. Are you a fan of the pita bread? Yeah, I like pitas. Oh man, I can't get it. I can't get into that and chickpeas. Those are two things oh. I can't get into.
1: Yeah, I don't fancy chickpeas. Pita bread's good though.
2: Pita bread. So as we're talking about all this food, hopefully you're uh, grabbing yourself a snack or a nice drink, and you're going to listen to uh, the Butster and I talk a little wrestling uh, for the next hour-ish. Um, so a lot of things have been going on in wrestling, and I would love to get your your take on this. Um, we saw uh, Full Gear, the Elite, have returned. Uh, they've come back to the song Wayward Sons uh, by Kansas, which is a big thing. Um, they got a huge, huge pop, but then there was some, uh, some, I'm not going to use the F word, but, uh, FCM punk chants that broke out. Yes. So, uh, I know you've probably seen that on social media as well. Do you think that the bucks coming back is going to be a long-term spike or do you think it's going to be, you know what, it's going to be a spike and then things will probably settle back down and go back to normal.
1: Uh, short term. Uh, you're gonna get a bit of a spike because people miss them. They're popular, especially with Ken Kenny too. So I bring them back and it, it will help. I mean three of them are damn good wrestlers. Right there, it will create uh, it'll bring ratings up a bit. I don't think it's gonna jack them to the moon or nothing like that, but it'll help a little bit, providing we can keep them healthy and keep them on TV. And yeah, I think it'll be it's gonna be a spike. This gonna settle down, but it'll still be higher than what it has been.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. It was, um, it was interesting. They took on um, Death Triangle for the trios championships, and it, it was really interesting. So obviously no spoilers here, but um, I mean, if you've probably already seen the pay per view, Death Triangle did prevail. Um, it was interesting because Pack has been wanting to use that hammer, and you know Ray right. Phoenix and Pentagon have not wanted him to do that, but he finally convinced. Uh, Ray Phoenix to use the the hammer on Kenny Omega as he tries to perform the one-winged angel, and he hits Kenny. Kenny's out for the count. One, two, three, and Death Triangle retains the championships. I feel like there's going to be a rift between them uh, for the simple fact that I don't think everyone is on an ethical standpoint on the same page.
1: Well, not even close. Pac's going to be straight heel at this point, and the Lucha Brothers are not so you're gonna get a bit of a, a divide there. Uh, I think you're gonna see that trio go separate ways. Pat's gonna be back to the Atlantic Championship uh scene. Lucha is gonna go back to tag team wrestling and the elite probably gonna come in and pick up the titles again.
2: It's gonna be what's interesting. Going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I personally enjoyed Full Gear. We'll be talking about it and talking about the fallout from Full Gear as well on this episode, along with other uh, wrestling news that is, is noteworthy here. Um, I thought it was a good match. I thought a lot of Full Gear, to be honest with you, was really good. There were some definitely some lull spots, and a big one right now, but you kind of predicted this as, as we were going into Full Gear was going to be Nyla Rose and and Jade Cargill. And a lot of people right now are saying that was the dud of the night. They were hoping that that match would just happen and be done. Uh, As much as AEW wants to push Jade Cargill, the truth of the matter is she's not having good matches, and it's not just with one type of style. It's a continuous thing. And, what do you think if you're Tony Kahn, she still has the championship. Nyla Rose, who's a good heel women's wrestler, is, is being subjected to be working with somebody who's barely been in the business for a cup of coffee. She's got the championship now. How do you think that sends a message to the women's division that, guess what, here's our champ, but she's been here less than most people's uh, age of their boots are?
1: First, I'd like to point out that I was right again. Uh, this I'd like is to true. bring that to your attention. This, this is true. You are right. You have forgot. Yes. Um, I've never been a fan of her build. You know, she looks Sorry. like a million bucks, but a good talker. Not so much was the purchases says, and then the, bell, the, then the bell rang. And that's kind of what it is with her. She just needs more time. She got pushed a little fast right to the top. And it's coming back to bite him in the hind end right now. Uh, you got you to gotta get the belt off her. You can't have her carry your division. And and she's not carrying the division. She's a champion, but she's not carrying the division. You have much better options than her. I'm not saying get rid of her. Not at all. But she needs time. Problem is now, how do you rein her back in? She's the champion. She's the top of the heap. Oh, Now we're gonna bring her back to mid-card status where she probably should be doing a bit of learning and whatnot. It's hard to do This is a perceived image of a failure on her part Through no fault of her own. Uh, I don't think that she's not capable of getting Where she could be like to where she's now but they just pushed her too fast. She's way too green No, I think they just seen it as as a a new toy, you know, uh, well, modern-day China is the feeling I get, uh, just not as talented.
2: Yeah, I feel like, and it depends on who you listen to, there's a lot of speculation that before Chris Statlander got injured, she was going to be the one who dethroned uh, Jade Cargill. And I feel like really the only way to get around this Jade situation is to have someone defeat her for the championship. And then she just starts like the storyline is she starts questioning herself. And maybe she has to go away for a while. You know what I mean? She's Mm -hmm. off of television. Maybe she does more training. She does this or that. And then there's this buildup of the reemergence of Jade. And maybe she's repackaged, you know, maybe she has a different outlook, maybe she's had more time to train and and do different things, and then during this second wave, see where she goes from there. But I I really feel like if you're going to hit the reset button with her, uh, which I don't think Tony Khan's going to do, but if you were, you're going to have to have her go away and then come back and have a a completely different outlook as far as uh, her packaging, her style, the way she talks on the mic the way she conducts herself in the ring, but, um, oh man, that's, that's going to be a tough road to hoe. So, yeah.
1: Um, too bad.
2: Looks like we're having some, uh, some dial up Canada issues right now. We got, uh, we can hear the butt, but he's, what he, now? Now he's frozen. Now he's frozen. Uh, hold on. Bear with us here. We're having technical difficulties.
1: Freeland, did you pay let's your internet bill?
2: What... I paid everything. Are you kidding me? Good God Almighty! I'm a cheap person, but I always make sure I take care of my podcasting stuff. Uh, there you are. You're back live in living color. Let's 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 do a mic check here. Can I hear you say something?
1: We're good. Say something.
2: Say the alphabet. Go through the a- alphabet. Z. Very nice. A B C
1: D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U
2: V W X Y and Z or Z. Now you know your ABCs. Next time, sing with a butt. All right, we're back. Uh, technical difficulties are uh, are fixed. Um, Yeah, there's there's a lot of of weird things that I feel like and I'm going to hate to say this. I'm going to hate to say this because this is going to be me eating crow.
0: Mm, Love it.
2: But there is something to be said about AEW not really expanding their audience and really kind of just playing to. Their, their current uh, constituents, and not really kind of trying to reach out and try to get a new uh, sector of the market to be coming in. We've seen that with the ratings. The ratings have always been anywhere from 800,000 to a little over a million, kind of right in that range. Uh, sometimes it's a little less depending on what's going on on television that specific night. But they definitely need to find ways to advance their market and, and to increase their viewership, because right now I feel like, and this has been going on since 2021, it's kind of stagnant. It, it, I mean, you know, you see a lot of pictures from Dynamites and Rampages and you're not seeing full houses and you are seeing good attendance at the pay-per-views, but I still feel like, man, they, they've kind of stalled the engine. If you were Tony Khan, uh, but what would you do to maybe get a little bit more excitement into a product. What, what would you do? What would be something that you would say, you know what, this is number one on my list.
1: That's a damn good question. Um, To, to draw maybe a little more live, like people at the gate, maybe not have it outrageously expensive for shows. Uh, I know we talked about that when they had the show in Toronto uh it, it was dear like it was it was gonna cost a small fortune to go. That would help yeah uh, how do you grow your product? I, I I don't know that's a that's a great question. I don't know how you would do that. What are your thoughts on that one?
2: I have nothing as far as maybe um I think you need to bring in a different perspective on booking. I really do not to say that you take the, the, the reins completely away from Tony, but he absolutely needs to be open-minded to other people working with him, or at least having his ear to trying different things because there are people in that, in that locker room, such as Dustin and Tony Schiavone who's been there. I mean, he was there with the Crockett's. You have so many other people who've seen the the world of wrestling as it's evolved over the years he's going to need to take some advice from some other people and be, be willing to be a little humble and to maybe make some changes, maybe not have such a big roster, maybe cut down on the length of the TV show. Um, All these different types of things that I feel like happened very quickly. And he wanted to really inject all elite wrestling into the mainstream American wrestling culture but it was too much too fast. And I feel like right now you're starting to, you know, when you pour gasoline all over the wood uh, in your fire pit and all of a sudden it goes up real fast. But then all of a sudden, because you had no kindling because you had no caught coals, the flame is gone super fast. It just burns off. I feel like in some ways that's kind of where they're at right now. And I definitely think he should have consultants. He should have people that are willing to come in and, and work with him and not be so, Sensitive to criticism of his product, does that make any sense?
1: Makes perfect sense. Um, that's the point you brought up is a conversation we've had on the air and off the air. It's you know, they, they've got a bloated roster. I mean, they, they've always had a bloated roster, unfortunately. They scoop up everybody they can. I don't know if that's a because he's just trying to grow or just trying to keep everybody away from wwe or a little bit of both or what it is uh him giving up the book would be huge and i mean legitimately giving up the book no more yeah just keep writing checks bud you know if you want to come out to the to the after show you know to the conferences that's one thing but he's got to give up the book he's just not there Right. This is not it's not to say nothing negative about him. I don't mean it that way. I mean, he's doing something right, you know, albeit when you're filthy rich, it's easier to, to have your own federation. It doesn't hurt, you know, or daddy's filthy rich. But he needs he's not there. He doesn't have the experience. It's I mean he's been a lifelong fan. Absolutely fantastic. You and I have been fans for a long time too. I wouldn't be able to run a, a federation, not a chance in hell. I wouldn't be able to run a backyard federation worth a damn. There's a lot to it. It's not just, you know, the latest WWE video game, you know, uh, create a mode. We're going to put a bunch of stuff together. And it's it's not that simple. And at times I think that's kind of where he's going with it. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I, I definitely hope it gets addressed.
2: No, I think you're right on that completely. And it's one of those things where we kind of saw it with the CM Punk situation, right? So any company, any successful company has their culture, right? The way they do things. And I feel like it starts from the top down. So if the talent within a company sees the way Tony handles his business, well, then they're going to mirror the way they handle their business. And I feel like in a lot of ways you know, the, the looseness in some ways of the way the company has been as far as handling certain situations, you know, Tony does want to make sure he keeps a good rapport with people. However, doesn't necessarily, maybe, I don't know, want to be the bad guy in the situation. That's a problem because you're the one signing the checks. You're the boss. You're going to have to be the bad guy and you're not there to be friends with people. You're there to make sure that the bills are paid and that mouths are fed And that's basically the extent of it, that the lights stay on. So I don't know who would necessarily be great at taking over a book, but I definitely think having somebody like Arn Anderson and Dustin Rhodes would be a great start, in my opinion, to have those two guys. Um, What's your take on as far as some of the veterans that are backstage? Who would you feel most comfortable with saying, you know what, I'm going to put this committee together and I'm going to have it be these people. Who would you, who would you start off with? Uh,
1: Tony Shivani. No, he's first guy hands down. He's the guy I want in there. Uh, I want Dustin in there for sure. Been around forever. Been all over the world. Fantastic. Very underrated wrestling lineage. You want him in there. Um, iron maybe to a lesser extent i think iron's a little uh a little old school okay for, for for today's wrestling still has a lot of knowledge but he's he'd be a little bit out uh jerry you know i mean jerry he's been around long enough to where yeah he was he was around well in the 80s and whatnot he's seen the progressing progression through that he was with the no TNA for the X Division stuff, so he's got that in his back pocket, you know. And I'll go one further; it might get a funny look. Excalibur.
2: Ooh, that's very interesting. Excalibur. Yep. He, had, he
1: had his own federation. Yes. Uh, he's he's a very knowledgeable guy. The mass has to go, but he's a very knowledgeable guy. I bet he's got a good noggin. Like he he, he knows what he's talking about. I would have those guys in there, maybe to a lesser extent. Taz, Taz's been around, seen a lot of stuff. But I'm not sure he'd necessarily be the guy I go run into. Um. Dean, I and mean, Dean's got great knowledge. He can't do it anymore, unfortunately, with his with his health issues and whatnot. But but yeah, those that'd be about. That'd be about it for me. Uh, If Jake ever comes back, I don't know what's going on there with Jake Roberts. I mean, you're talking to somebody to teach him psychology. Good Lord. I mean, he's the king of that. Right? Jeff Jarrett, bringing him in? I don't think that's the answer. I don't think that's going to help a damn thing, honestly.
2: Yeah, that's... uh... I don't know. I, I he, they brought him in to take over for uh I guess it's live events and bookings and whatnot for venues. So I just don't necessarily think that we need to see him on camera either. That's not really we're trying so to move you want,
1: on. You want him in taking care of your business. You remember Correct. Global?
2: Uh,
1: do you remember NWATNA or whatever the hell was when he owned it?
2: Yeah, didn't didn't go so well. Didn't go so well. Um so yeah. No. I think there's a lot of things that are definitely possibilities where we could go. And once again, if you're, you're listening, you know, we're talking about different aspects of what um, AEW could do with their product. Changes that are reasonable to make to make sure that the product starts to grow instead of being just stagnant. So putting different people in charge, shuffling the deck around, um, making sure uh, as far as accountability – that people are more accountable and decreasing the roster. And honestly, if people aren't happy, uh, you're just going to have to make a decision on that. Now, from a contractual standpoint, that's a Tony decision, but it seems like there's a lot of people who might not necessarily want to be here. Let me ask you this question, but do you think that people being upset with Vince McMahon and him being in charge them leaving because they're like, well, the old man's going to stick around until he's in the grave, and then he may still somehow find a way to reincarnate himself and come back. Left because they saw there was no change, there was no hope in that. But then all of a sudden they go to AEW, but then all of a sudden Vince gets in trouble with his his sexual allegations and, and all this kind of stuff. Triple H takes over. Do you think some of them, at least some, have buyer's remorse?
1: Hell yeah. Of course you do. Whether you like WWE or hate WWE or you're in the middle, they're still the biggest game in town. Yeah, they're the kings of the heap. Right, that's where you want to be. Right, you've made it. If you get there, you have made it. Right, like getting to the NFL, you've made it to the top now. Right, guaranteed. Because I mean, I don't follow it a hell of a lot, but I follow a little bit. And more so do a lot of reading about it. Since Triple H took over, man, oh man, things are a lot better. Things so, right. are everything I hear. Right? So now you gotta think about it. Hey, we're leaving because Vince was stuck in his ways, and which is fair. He was. You know, he wanted everything done his way, and that's that. And you no, know, he maybe didn't keep up with current times as well as he should have. And you no, know, so people left for a little more creativity, I, I would imagine. Stuff like that. Not likely. Really. So now we've left. We've gone to AEW. Things might not be as rosy as we expected. And things are turning around. Eh, no. For WWE. I'll Do make you- a phone call. I'll send a text. You never know. It's a chance of coming back.
2: Do you think in some ways now this might sound a little silly but you know what it's not a bad thing that AEW is going through some of these things because these are growing pains and these are these can be can be I say learning experiences right so if you learn from these things and you make changes that are for the better then it was worth going through but if you continue to repeat some of these same actions over and over and over again, and it shows that you you are not learning or you're not growing, you're going to start to continue to see the decline. And I think wrestling fans right now want a viable product to compete with, well, not even word compete, but just to be an alternative to WWE. Um, so do you think in some ways we could look at the CM Punk situation? We could look at the way Tony Khan's handled the booking. We could find out, you know, what, what wrestlers are maybe taking too many risks in the ring and say, okay, these are three main issues that we have to address, but we can fix these. These are fixable, but it's good that we're, we're focusing on them because now we're going to be able to take the next step up when we correct these. Do you feel like honestly, in your own opinion, that Tony sees any of these things as issues right now?
1: I don't think he sees him. Uh, I hate beating up on it because, you know, I like AEW and, and I just don't want to kick a dead horse. But Tony is seeing it purely through a fanboy vision. Right. Uh, that's what he's seeing it as. And you know, it's all rainbows and unicorns, you know, and it's just not. I mean, look, going through. Um, you know, your your learning curve, that's fine if you're learning. But if you just keep repeating the same issue over and over, you're not learning. No, you're a bit of a moron. If you're not learning from your mistakes, that's not to him. That's in your life, Freeland. That's in mine, that's in Abel's life. You keep making the same mistakes and you don't adjust it, you're probably
2: dumb. You're probably going to get fired from your job, too. I mean, if you're people like you and I, we're not
1: billionaires. No, 100%. Oh, you're totally done. Hey, we all make mistakes, but if I've told you five times, Chris, don't do that, and you keep doing it, maybe we'll hire somebody who's smart. Uh, Here's your check. Goodbye. And unfortunately, I don't think he sees some of this stuff as major issues. Right? He just sees it as, hey, I finally got my own federation. We're gonna run it how I wanna run it. We're gonna do what I think is entertaining. You know, and it's 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 more of a I don't want to use the word click, because of you know, but you know what I mean, not like WWE, WWF click, but it's more like a like a friendship thing, a lot of it there, like like right. you said, as opposed to a business thing. It's a we're getting together. This entertains us. This is what we like. Well, that's all well and good. But if you want to appease the masses, that you have to cater to them. There's people like you and I that are gonna go see a show.
2: You already got about, us,
1: right? Oh yeah. For somebody like me who will buy a T-shirt, we know you won't. But I mean, I'll order a new T-shirt or stuff like that. But it's, it's true, right? Not not the T-shirt. That's just a did at you. But you know, but you, you want to to grow it. You can't just stay where you are and not grow it because it'll die. Plain and simple.
2: Yeah. You no, will become
1: right. WCW 2.0, and unfortunately, they're well on their way to that now.
2: Well. Interestingly enough, it's always interesting to get people's opinions on these different things. So Jim Ross uh, recently went ahead and made some comments about what his thoughts are for Full Gear. I'm going to read these to you. Dakota Cohen writes for Wrestling Inc. AEW's most recent pay per view, Full Gear, took place November the 19th. The event saw multiple title changes. The biggest being MJF defeating John Moxley for the World Championship. WWE Hall of Famer uh, was on commentary for the event and on his most recent episode of Grilling Jr. He talked about what his thoughts were. This is what he said. I enjoyed it, Ross said. Tony Khan wanted me to work the first six matches, and I did. Then I was done. I would have liked to work the last match, obviously from a fan's perspective. I was kind of thinking it was going to be MJF's night. Just seemed like it was going to be. We'll see how that works going forward. I hope it works out great. I watched the matches backstage on my iPad, and then I went back to the hotel when I was finished with my assignment. I liked the show. I thought it was a good show. I like the early first half of the show's matches that I called. I think they were pretty damn strong, some stronger than others. That's the nature of the business, but I thought the show was obviously really good. Um, Obviously, he's a company man. He's not going to say anything that's too anti-AEW. But I will say, at the stage of his career right now, he has been more open to being um, I don't want to say critical, but just more open to speaking his mind at this stage, because let's be honest, he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need to work if he doesn't want to. God knows he's gone through a lot of things with his health. So I do think when when Jim Ross speaks, it's he's not coming from a homer perspective. You know, he's not coming from oh I'm I'm Mr. AEW. He's coming from it from a hey, I've seen a lot of things before. I think these are things that I like. These are things that I didn't necessarily like. So it's not rah, 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 you know, strike up the band type of thing. Um, I wonder, and we talked about this before, if if Jim would honestly want, and if he's been approached, to be a part of creative or anything like that, or do you think right now Jim is just content with, with doing what he's doing, traveling a little bit, not being overworked on the commentary, you think Jim honestly is just content with what he's doing?
1: Yeah. He you can't have him uh running talent relations or help him creative. no. He's too long in the tooth. You know, I mean it'll be slobber knockers this and slobber knocker that and no it, his day is come and gone. At this point right now, JR is a nostalgia thing. I mean, hey, I love JR. Right, I grew up watching him. He's definitely not what he used to be on the mic. I think that's fairly well known. But I mean, the guy's eighty years old or something or something. He's, I don't know, he's up no, but I know eighty is first, but he's got to be seventy,
2: right? I, I definitely think he he's right. at seventy or he's he's pretty close. One of the yeah, one of the so, two.
1: no, he this is perfect for him at this point now. You know just have him come in make a, yeah. a little appearance here a little appearance there you know wave where's cowboy hat and go about his merry way
2: yeah no, i'm with you on that one um a lot of things happened as far as the pay-per-view so let me gonna give you some spots that i'd like to discuss the acclaimed Which, uh, scissor me, daddy butt. Ah, That's right. Max Caster and Anthony Bowens uh, with Billy Gunn defeated Swerve in our glory. Uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. I feel like this has been a great feud between these tag teams. And I feel like Mm -hmm. AEW does focus on tag team wrestling, which is good. Because we haven't seen that so much recently in our WWE product over the years. It's really taken a backseat. And I think in a lot of ways, there's some really good storytelling here. Now, contrary to popular belief, I do think AEW does some storytelling that's good. Uh, Eric Bischoff says that he just throws matches together for the sake of it. But let's think about this. You know, the Swerve in Our Glory became tag team champions, and I think they did a great job. And, and you had this dynamic between the two of them, where Keith was more of the, the brooding, quiet force, and Strickland was more of the... The pompous, outgoing uh he was the the Rico Suave of the of the team here. But now you're starting to see that there's a clash of personalities. And I think they're planting seeds in this situation actually really well, where Swerve wants to cheat, Swerve wants to get a little more gritty, Keith Lee doesn't want to. This obviously is is leading to the fact that um the acclaimed retained because of an issue between the two, much like we teased about with the trios match. So do you think this is still long-term storytelling, but it's just done in more micro amounts? Or do you feel like the average fan is following it close enough to see said micro events?
1: I think the average fan is going to be following me. You can't help but notice it. Two guys are around with each other. You notice it. You'd be a damn fool not to. I don't know where you'd go with it though. honestly, if you break them up and turn it into a feud, it's going to be short. Real short duration. No legs to that. You're better off leaving him as a tag team, I think. Keith well, you can't put on the big matches anymore. Apparently he's still suffering from when he had COVID. Was the last thing I read about him, right? I mean, he's, he can still go, but he can't have your burn burners like he was having in NXT, right? Swerve Strickland, he can go pretty good. Right? Not my cup of tea, but he can go pretty good. Not nah, breaking them up now, I don't think would help either one of them, honestly. I, I'd keep them together as a tag team that just hate each other's guts. They so haven't get to that. They just don't like each other. Yep, I mean, they get into it, and and one storms out on the other one and leads to losing Go with that gimmick, stuff like that. Just have it turn into like a petty pissing contest. Like one won't tag the other one in and ends up losing. I'm not saying turn them into jobbers. I don't mean that because there's still a lot of talent between the two of them, right? But I would keep them together as just a dysfunctional tag team. That's kind of like
2: the odd couple. Yep. Interesting. I like that. Um, a, a tag team that AEW did decide to break apart was, oh gosh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up when I say this. Is it is it Jungle Express? What were they called? What were they referred to as?
1: Lucha Express?
2: Uh, no, um, no, that's the see? What Jungle um, Boy and Luchasaurus? I forget what the hell they yes. were originally called. Uh, you, you get the point. Uh, Jurassic Express. There we go. There you go. Yes. So you have them, and then obviously you broke them up, right? So you had mm-hmm. Luchasaurus go with Christian Cage and then obviously turned on uh, Jungle Boy. We're going to get to talking about Jungle Boy and, and now being referred to as Jack Perry, which I think is an interesting thing they're doing. But but that that's a lot like the Swerve Strickland-Keith Lee situation. They have a tag team. Obviously, they decided to break them up. Now, clearly they're much younger, right? <laughs> Do yes. you think that th- breaking those guys up much different than breaking up a Keith Lee and of Strickland?
1: Oh hell yeah, ten times different. Um, you no know, Jungle Boy is going to be a big deal in AEW. I think they're they're going to want to push him. They're going to push him hard. He's going to be your underdog guy. That's where I think he's going to be. Small, undersized guy. Now, he can go. He can wrestle. That cage match was solid. Much better than I expected it to be, if I'm being honest. I thought it'd be good. That was better than good. That was really, really damn good.
2: It was. It and was Lucas really
1: good. The stuff he does for a guy his size is pretty damn impressive, too. So I'd watch those guys carry this feud on for six more months. I really enjoy that feud.
2: Well, a lot of people are saying right now that the reason it'll probably continue is because obviously Jack Perry wants to get to Christian Cage, who was the one who stirred the pot with all of this, mm-hmm. right? So until he's cleared to wrestle, it looks like there's always going to be this kind of brooding in the background of what's going to be happening. Maybe we'll hear a little bit more on uh, Dynamite this week as far as what's going on with them. But I really like the fact that this feud between the two of them has been stretched out the way it has been. And I think it's definitely given it time to breathe instead of just this instant payoff, instant payoff. You know what I mean? So I feel like we might even get ourselves another match between uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in some capacity. So I would not be surprised, but it, it was. It was a great, great uh, cage match. I love the cage, by the way. The cage looks legitimately yeah. cool. I mean, it's it has a hell-in-a-cell look to it, but not obviously with um, with the outside that you can walk around on the inside. Um, yep. But it was, a, it, it was a good...
1: The, the one part where uh, Jack got thrown and kind of slid down between the cage and the ring, that was that was an oopsie that wasn't yeah. supposed to happen i don't think
2: yeah and i think they recovered
1: pretty good and him bleeding surprised me i didn't think he's gay. young fella good looking handsome young fella yeah didn't see that coming right did to you notice him getting color that was shocking
2: did you notice that when uh Luchasaurus was pushing his face against the the uh the fencing or cage that there was like that little drop of blood that like just dripped right off of the uh, off the cage itself, and they 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 caught that really really well, and I thought that was just great cinematography. Once again, it's mm-hmm. it's those little nuances that you catch on camera that definitely uh, add to a story. But the the match itself, like I said, to start off your your event with that was was really really good.
1: You feel bad for <laughs> the next match, really? You, you, if that's your opener, it's like. Oh, buddy, I don't want to go out next through that. My
2: Yeah, yeah that was uh, that was definitely a, a difficult one. Um, so then we talk about I mean, I'm not going directly in order, but I'm I'm going to be talking about. Um, let's talk about this match here, because I think this is kind of interesting. I am not a fan of this in any way, shape or form, but it happened. It was a no disqualification tag team match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett in Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt and then Satnam Singh. Um, First of all, there were TNA chants that has been reported that were happening in the the audience, which is not what you want, not what you want. What is your thoughts on the concept of why is Sting and Darby Allin still married to one another to the point where we need to see more Darby by himself? We need to see Darby more on his own. Do you like the fact that they're always synonymous with one another, or do you think it's time to start separating that?
1: I want them separate. I'd like to separate it, and I want Stim to stop wrestling. Really? Yeah. I like this- Stim. I yes. don't mean it in a bad way. Another guy, that he's not young, and I don't want to be watching you know, the show tomorrow night and he ends up getting hurt, or something like that. Or when he's diving off his of shit, stop doing that. <laughs> please stop doing Hey, it's impressive. A guy his age, been around this long, I'm that's always what I fear. So, oh, God, no. He's going to get hurt. His body's been through a hell of a lot. How old's he? In his 60s.
2: He is in his 60s. I want to say he's 63, but give me a minute. Uh, let me see if I can I know if I'm I can find not,
1: not saying game. that you're old, old, and ready for the home at 63. I don't mean it that way. But I just, I just don't want to be watching it when something bad happens. You know? I can see and, that. And Darby needs to do something. Uh, something. I don't know what the hell that something is, but something. He's getting wasted away. And it's shocked him to say but no tagnoid noid stem is wasting you. But it is. Yeah, but I Derby's think Therby's that... a young fella, got good promise. You know, he'll do damn near anything. I mean, hell, if they wanted him to jump off of a three-story building on top of somebody, he'd do it. lickety split, wouldn't bad an eyelash, wouldn't complain. You no, know, but he can wrestle too. He's not just a spot machine. He can right. wrestle a little bit. He doesn't get shown that much, right? Because he's all, he's, you know, borderline a stunt guy at this time, at this point. I want to see him progress as a character. And I don't think that's going to happen with Stin unless Stin becomes his manager. Straight up manager.
2: I agree and with on that
1: one. Either, no, if Stin wants to do a bump here, a bump there, like an interference thing, that's fine. I can deal with that, but no more matches.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you on the whole Sting concept. I mean, if he transitions himself into a different capacity, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I feel like Darby really needs to come out of his own at this point. I mean, he was so heavily pushed in the first two years of AEW, and then it seemed like he kind of took a back seat, and they put this, this dream thing together of, of he and Sting, which, don't get me wrong, it was very entertaining to watch. Unfortunately, I feel like we've gotten away from focusing directly on Darby, who is the future. Remember, in wrestling, folks, you have to continue to focus on what the future is, not what the past was. And you can use nostalgia, but you need to use it in small doses. Now, I think Darby should definitely be competing for the All Atlantic Championship. I mean, Orange Cassidy has it, and Orange Cassidy didn't even defend it. The All Atlantic Championship at Full Gear, which is one of their four main pay per views, so it really makes me wonder. Like Orange Cassidy was with Best Friends and then Danhausen against the Factory in Zero Hour, which is what they call their pre show. Yep. So you have a champion who did something on the pre show, and the championship wasn't being defended.
1: But that's like WWE that. when they had the European title. Does anybody give a damn? Nope. It was just another title to have. Nobody really
2: cared. But but don't you think that all that hype about having an All-Atlantic champion, which would obviously be equivalent to what WWE's Intercontinental is, don't you think that they would want to really do something with that? I mean, if your guy is Orange Cassidy, that's fine. But you really need to make sure that He represents that championship pack represented the championship, but I feel like there should be more people that are going after orange Cassidy and competing for this title to make it a prominent staple to maybe have these mid card guys have a shot at, you know, competing for something like this, because if not, then what's the point of having the championship? I mean, yeah, you have it. And he, he carries around in a book bag, but what is the significance? What is the reasoning behind it? And right now, that's the biggest issue I have. Four pay-per-views a year. One of them was last weekend, and the championship was not defended, and Orange kesty was on the pre-show.
1: Your, this title should be the working champ. The guy that has a match every other week on TV. People get to see him. Know and you you hopefully progress him to a point in his career, to where he's not a mid carder anymore. He could be in the the heavyweight championship title race. Not saying he necessarily becomes your guy, but he's in there, right? It's it's a stepping stone. It should be, in my opinion, should be a stepping stone for him to just be used. And hey, another talent is fantastic. Orange is good. He is the. The, the comic, whatever gimmick, is actually growing on me. I didn't fancy it there for a while. But, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's something a little bit different. Damn good athlete as well. Right? So, But he needs to wrestle. If you're going to have a title, you need, you need to wrestle. You, you need to use it. That's where they need a, a champion. Because you don't want, you know, MJF. Defending his title every other week, because then that gets watered down. You want it to be a little more something to it. Have him in matches, or have him do run-ins, but you don't want him defend it because then it's not special anymore. I agree. Versus if you have Orange Cassidy, or Pack or whoever it be, have those guys doing it. That was my phone. Uh, you know, every other week, it gets them some exposure you know, and hopefully you can nurture it to a future to where they are in the upper echelon type of thing. It should be a working championship.
2: No, I'm with you on that one completely. Um, I'm hopefully going to see some things change with that championship, but you know what? I'm not holding my breath just yet. Um, we need to get more people in the mix for, for that title. Um, another one that I thought was interesting was the TNT championship, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, and powerhouse Hobbs. Now, This is very interesting because we've talked about this before. Wardlow at one point in time was red hot. I mean, super white hot. At that point in time, you should have bumped him up to the next tier. You should have bumped him into the world championship uh, conversation. You didn't. Uh, You kept him at the level of the TNT champion, which to a certain degree was fine. But you need to make sure that you don't keep him there for too long because you want to keep that momentum going. Now, if you were going to make him move on to the main event caliber stuff, which I really feel like a Wardlow Max thing is going to be happening, especially with their history, I think you're definitely going to see something like that. So maybe with the championship off of him right now, and he didn't technically lose it. uh, Obviously, it was a kind of a no-DQ schmoz type of deal. Um, So he did kind of save face. But let me ask you this. You put the belt on Samoa Joe now. What was the benefit for putting it on Samoa Joe instead of going ahead and promoting your next big monster, your next big talent, a young guy such as Powerhouse Hobbs? Why wouldn't that just naturally be the succession to Wardlow? Move Wardlow on. Now we're pulling Powerhouse Hobbs up and we're grooming these guys to eventually make it to that next tier but you give it to Samoa Joe, who is a Ring of Honor champion, and we heard Tony say in the uh, post-media scrum how they're still trying to work out what's going to happen with Ring of Honor.
1: I think it was probably, I think they're further ahead with what you're going to do with Ring of Honor, and Samoa Joe's got much more name value than Powerhouse Hobbs. Even a casual wrestling fan knows who Samoa Joe is.
2: Would you say, though, in some ways, though, to build your company to the future, you always got to be looking towards that? Do you think eventually they're going to lead up to a Powerhouse Hobbs Samoa Joe thing where that feud will then Joe will put over Powerhouse Hobbs to maybe elevate him to the next level? Do you think that might be the train of thought?
1: I hope so. Um, I don't agree with the book. I, I don't get why you would do it. It just the example I came up with is what pops into my head. There is a certain amount of logic to it, not necessarily a good idea, but it wouldn't make sense. And I think they're hoping that Ring of Honor is going to come back sooner than people realize. I think I think they're further ahead, and now our champion. You no, know, oh, and he's a champion in AEW too. Gives them a little more credibility, I think. I I don't know wh- how why else he would do it. There's no other good reason. Those are the only two reasons you would do it. That are just piss poor booking.
2: So you're you're saying let's give Tony the, the the benefit of the doubt right now. Maybe he is 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 playing things close to the chest. They do have something closer uh, in the works ready to announce, but yet he's starting to learn to not immediately say something too quickly.
1: I, I think. I, I hope. I hope that's why this. I hope it's... If not, this was bad. Just, confusing. Just
2: bad. Yeah. yeah. Very, very confusing with that one. Uh, but once again, hit us up on social media. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are with this. I am at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Uh, the Butster, what is your Twitter handle? People uh, want to talk to you about this conversation.
1: At... Got new two two nine G O T N E W F two
2: two nine one. Let's go ahead and let's move on to a match that I let's, let's get through this is best best the way that I can describe it. Jade Cargill, the champion she's with Lila gray and Kira Hogan known as the baddies taking on Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero and Marina Shafir. Um, I have my own thoughts on Marina Shafir. I'm going to share those in a moment. But Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, if we remember in AEW, she was really a monster. She was you know, the second champion. She obviously took down uh, Riho. And she held the title for a very, very long time until eventually Britt Baker ended up beating her. So there's a lot of things that, that kept happening all throughout this process. But then it was like Nyla Rose was kind of – she cooled off. They put her on the back burner. And, you know, instead of her being this elusive person – They're showing way too much, like, the fun and happy side of her. And this this then kind of stems into the whole conversation of, you know, not really sticking to your character and being yourself on social media, which completely can contradict what your character is on TV. And I get it in a way, but I also think there needs to be some mystique to that still. Like, if you're, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, if you're a heel on TV and then all of a sudden you're like, Goofing around at Target. Like, it, it just kind of takes me out of the moment. Maybe that's just me. But it's just one of those one of those things. But this match in itself, I feel bad. I feel really bad for Nyla Rose. Because I feel like she's way more qualified. And maybe they were putting her with Jade to kind of bring Jade along. But Jade's not coming along. So, what do you do with Jade Cargill? Like, we talked about at the top of the show.
1: You know who I feel bad for? Any poor sucker to sat down and watch that absolute car wreck. That was. uh, uh, Let's just move on. Sorry, Mike. It's
2: it's, you're you're fine. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Let me talk about Marina Shafir for a second. Marina Shafir was a part of the Four Horsewomen, which was supposed to be a big deal in NXT, if you remember that. So you had, it was a Jemison Dukes, you had Marina Shafir, you had Ronda Rousey, and you had was Charlotte Flair. And mm-hmm. you had them, and I really felt like Jessamine Dukes was going to be something that was really going to work out. That didn't end up happening. I do definitely think she should have been given a second chance somewhere. That hasn't happened. But Marina Shafir, I think she's got a good look. I think she definitely has the background as far as the MMA and whatnot, the personality, the charisma. It's definitely not there. But don't you think they could use her in in a better position than just... They built up a match not that long ago with Marina Shafir in it, and then all of a sudden it was a... A three minute match and she lost. And it's like, well, what was the point of doing that? Do you think that she, from what you've seen, should be getting a little bit better of a packaging?
1: Should be given a chance for sure. How far you go with it? I don't know. But she deserves better than what she's getting. I don't know if she's ever going to be superstar. But she's not, uh, she's not Jade Cargill. So. You know, give her give her a chance, let her show something. And if it goes to shit, then such is life. But you gotta give her something. This is not working. She's yeah. never she's never gonna grow. You know, you talk about stagnant. Her career is stagnant. There's nothing happening. Give her a chance and see where it goes, and then you know, just play it accordingly.
2: I'm with you. I I agree with you completely. I feel like there's a lot of stagnation when it comes to her right now and I feel like they need to either do something with her or give up. One of the two. And I know that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but they need to make a decision and the decision right now is definitely not to push her and I don't know why that's the case, but we do see her with Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose. Um, I still question whether or not that's the best idea for her. Um, We'll have to, we'll have to see time. will only tell, but I think she's talented. I don't think she's the most charismatic. And I think that may be a big thing that's holding her back. And I think in wrestling, you have to have some level of charisma. You you just, you have to, it's just one of those things. So if you don't have it, then I feel like you, you're definitely going to be behind the eight ball. Um, And I do want to correct myself here. So, uh, I, I, I threw in um, Charlotte Flair with the 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 four horsewomen of NXT. It's Shayna Baszler. It was Shayna Baszler. Yes, my my mistake on that. Didn't Good want point.
1: to correct you know, there, Freeland.
2: You well, because obviously they were all MMA people. So you had Jessamine, you had um, Shayna Baszler, you had Ronda Rousey, and then Marina Shafir. But there was also a a version of the four horse. Women or whatever, but that was different. That was on the main roster. That was Becky. That was Charlotte. That was Sasha, and then Bailey. So you know what? I stand corrected. And uh, thank you, Team Canada, for uh, for being there for me, swooping in, making sure that the show continues. Appreciate that. We're
1: trying. It's a lot of work some weeks.
2: It's a lot of work carrying my ass. I tell you what, the Ridd has done it for a while, and he realizes, good God, the pay is little, and the benefits are horrible. Uh, Let's talk about this match, which I thought was just interesting. I think it was better than I expected, but it was still interesting, and we're talking about Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus uh, Sherea. Um, Obviously, Sharia goes over and she gets the win now some people were really questioning whether or not that she should have gotten the w <laughs> right off the bat especially against somebody like a brit baker um that's a tough call it, it really is because saraya's got this momentum but then again are you literally gonna throw her out there after not being in the ring for five years and then she beats one of your top women do you see what i'm saying it's like which mm-hmm. way do you go but what was your take on the match first and foremost a
1: great match um uh... Brit Baker's fantastic. She is. I, I like Britt Baker. Um, Soraya, I was leery. Five years, long time. You know, you don't know. You know she still looks good, but you, there's a difference in looking good in ring shape. True. So you don't know. She looked fine. She, she did great. Better than I expected, to be honest with you. It, it was a solid match. Britt Baker, I think, she I mean, she could have a solid match with just about anybody, which definitely helps. Um, yeah, having her go over Britt, that's a tough call. I maybe could have been more meat on the bone if Britt goes over because she cheated. No, then you have a bit of a feud that way because, no, it doesn't look like, hey, she's been away for five years. If you said she comes back. She's over Britt, who's you no know, superstar in your organization. You no, know, Britt needed to cheat to win, but she still won. You no, know, she's a heel. Maybe could add a little more life to that. Man, that's very, very much old school booking, but I mean, it's worked for a lot of years. It
2: right? really has. And I mean, y- you make such a valid point with this as far as you could have Britt have a good match and you could have almost given Soraya the opportunity to win but then Britt does something dastardly and then obviously she can come out on Wednesday night and say "Ah, you kind of lost a step you should have seen that coming you know." and it could have really fueled things but now when you beat Britt straight up, where do you go from here?
1: Britt wants revenge, I I would assume that's where you're going to go with this uh, Britt's gonna want revenge I hope that's where you go with it anyhow because what else do you do where else do you go with this
2: Correct. you're gonna, yeah, Britt-
1: put, you're gonna have her and um, Jade wrestle and just make her your champion is that how you are gonna get the belt off of Jade not you know, it'd be better but it's not good are you gonna throw into a program with uh, Nyla Rose probably not I wouldn't imagine Right, Tony Storm and Jay- Jamie Hader got their little going on happening right now. So I, I just don't know where else you're going to really go with it.
2: It's a tough thing. And, and when you book yourself into these corners, you're, you're painting yourself into a situation where it's like, okay, well, where do we go from here? And I think that's maybe some of the criticism that Tony Khan gets for the simple fact that guess what? We could have gone a different direction. We could have gotten more life out of this. There's a little bit more meat left on the bone. But when you immediately go to... Well, she just beat Britt. She's been gone for five years and she just beats Brit like, straight off the bat. Like... There should have been more of a drawn-out. Like you said before, a DQ, or she could have cheated to get the win, or yeah. she could have done something. There could have been something that would propel Soraya to maybe, you know what, and then show vignettes of her training in the gym and trying to get better, and then have her have some matches too. and maybe a have a double br-
1: count-out. Anything. Have them beat the piss out of each other outside to a double count-out. That would probably be better than... Than the outcome we had long term.
2: No, I agree. And what do you got to be looking for in wrestling? Long term. It's got to be long term. Yeah. You can't be looking for that instant gratification because wrestling fans need something to hold on to. And if you give them instant gratification, it's not going to work. So I'm very curious to see what's going to be happening on Wednesday night on Dynamite to find out what exactly or where exactly I should say they go with this storyline. Very, very interesting. Um, next match that I thought was really, really interesting was the four way, which you had for the ring of honor world championship, Jericho, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli and Sammy Guevara. I loved this match. Absolutely loved it. But what was your initial reaction to this match?
1: My initial reaction was before the match started, what in the name of sacred Christ was Sammy wearing when he came to the ring? It's a great question. When he came out with that, I like, oh, my God. It's a good thing that kid's got a ton of talent. Because wearing that kind of getup does nothing for you. I don't get it. It made my head hurt. Now we'll get to the match. That was a good match. It was a great that match. Was Damn good match. Well, you've got four of them in the ring, which are all dynamite. Right? I mean the Ritz not here tonight, so I'll even say it. Claudio is fantastic.
2: He was, I agree. Right. Completely. He's
1: excellent. You know, you got your factions in there, you know. You get what's going on with the Sammy and Jericho now. You no, know, there's gonna be some beef there, one would assume. You know, it's that match, well, that's one of the examples of could turn into some great long-term storytelling right there. Because you, you basically have two tag teams Correct. come in and wrestle against each other. Yep. That's the, that's the gist of what it was. Correct. Um, two guys from Regal's outfit and two from Jericho Appreciation Society. Right, and you get them turning on one another and whatnot, it could open up a lot of doors for a lot of solid feuds, breaking up factions to start new factions. That was a solid move. Whoever came up with that match, genius! That was good.
2: No, I agree with you. I agree with you right off the bat with that one. I loved it, I thought the personalities were great. Jericho continues to look amazing. Like just when you thought maybe Jericho is gonna start slowing down, maybe things aren't gonna, you know, eh, things are gonna start to tail off. No, it was fantastic. I loved every second of it. So, so well done. Um, we saw the Blackpool Combat Club guys fight, which was awesome. You saw Claudio and Brian Danielson go after each other, which was great. You saw you saw Sammy and Jericho go after each other and fight. So basically what you're doing is you're theoretically, like you said, but you're giving a preview. Of Another tag team match with these guys, singles matches, another scramble, whatever it may be, but you're leaving the door open. You're not painting yourself into a corner. Have Jericho continue to retain, which is fine. That's kind of the constant, but you have all these moving parts around Jericho that you can interchange different aspects of them to make a different match, and you can string this out for several months. So once again, I was really, really pleased with that.
1: And this match was basically the exact opposite of your Brit and Saraya match.
2: I agree. I agree one hundred percent. and
1: Saraya just I don't know where you go with that. There's not a lot of open doors. The the four way you got umpteen open doors you can go. You can you, you know you could have a lot of fun with what comes of that match.
2: I agree. Right? Let's talk about this one, which might have been, in my opinion, the best growth we've seen with an AEW star in a very, very, very long time. It's the growth of Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter has gotten just this groundswell of support. She has had this organic uh, support from the fans. She's gone from being a part of, obviously, a heel faction with Britt Baker and Rebel Reba, whatever you want to call her. But because she's such a good wrestler and because she's so awesome between the ropes and on the microphone, she's transcending being a heel and now she's being cheered. And this match, I, I could not have asked for anything more. When it comes to Tony Storm, I, I don't want to call Tony Storm a transitional champion. I don't want to say that because I think Tony Storm is really, really good. And I think her clashing with Thunder Rosa would be great as well. Obviously, it doesn't look like we're going to see that right now. Um, unless there's a, a three-way, but there's gonna be probably a unification that's gonna happen first. But watch of, that three way. I had a feeling when I said that I couldn't the, the horse had left the barn. I thought, you know what, we're just gonna go with it. What do you think about Jamie Hayter as far as just man, this is a wrestler getting over and it's natural, it's not forced. It's not bad booking. Why do we feel like they've done everything right with Jamie Hader?
1: I can't say it any better than what you did. Man, she's everything's come up roses. She she can't do nothing wrong. Right? In the ring, excellent. On the mic, excellent. Pretty woman. Definitely doesn't hurt none. Right? European. Hopefully that'll draw you some European talent and fans picture of the growth there hopefully you know uh man, I just don't know She's everything's worked out perfect for her I think she had definitely had some help with booking but 90% of it with Jamie Hayter right? I, I think she got herself
2: over she did right? she got herself and, over I give you 100% of
1: fantastic doing it and I don't just mean 'Cause she's pretty, I mean, just everything is fantastic about her. Right? She's awesome. Right. I mean, she's she's what you want. She is somebody that you want to see towards the top of the heap. You know. See her she's, as your, your your
2: champion. She's right? the complete You're opposite right? of Jade Cargill.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. They're
2: they're they're both on different sides of the spectrum here. Um mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. You know, there's been a lot of speculation. We even talked about it here on the show that the Thunder Rosa situation has not has not been good. Now, it's been known. It's been widely known all over uh, wrestling websites, the dirt sheets, whoever, whatever you want to refer to them as that she may be injured. That very well may be uh, true, but we've seen people come back sooner from certain injuries. We don't exactly know the extent of of her injury. I feel like that in itself has been kind of uh, really kept quiet in low key, but right now, Tony said in the post media scrum that he's given Rosa every single opportunity to come back and to defend her title. And right now the timetable is for February for her to come back. So sometime either in February or after February where she will be back. Now let's be honest let's be honest, you are not going to have when she, when she does come back, whenever that may be, you there's no way you're going to have a unification match. And Jamie Hader doesn't unify both titles. I mean, I feel like this is a foregone conclusion, right? I mean, Jamie Hader is white, hot Thunder Rosa out of sight, out of mind. Yes. The fans like her but right now. You gotta, it, you gotta give the hot potato to the person who right now is on TV is relevant. The fans are behind her. I don't see you going any other way but giving the Unification Championship to um, to Jamie Hater. What's your take?
1: Uh, I hope you're right, but I'll play devil's advocate just because we've been agreeing too much tonight, and I don't like it. So you bring <laughs> Thunder Rosa back just because you're going to get a massive pop when she comes back. You know, and if she becomes a champion again, Thunder is probably a little more over than Jamie Hayter is. On on the whole, in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. As a whole, right? I would so agree. You, you bring her back. She comes back from her injury. But there was also rumors that she wasn't real happy in AEW too. And though I, I haven't heard those rumors in a while, but that was getting kicked around. Sure. And she didn't fancy how things were going. But you know, do you bring her back? Okay. I've been gone for ever. But I came back. Look, this is how good I really am. I unified it. And then you start a program with her and Jamie. You know, if Jamie Hater gets a Thunder Rosa rub, you know, get her a little more attention. And then, but it'd be a transitional thing. Use uh, a term you just use. have Thunder Rosa just, you know, have it for a little bit, just enough to get a bit of a few going. Between her and Jamie Hater, and then Jamie goes over, and man, something to be said for that it could work. I realistically, the smart move you, you bring her back, they have a good match, it can't be a squash. You don't have her come back and just feed her to Jamie Hater, right? But have them come back, they put on a good match, which they will. Well, let's yep. be honest, that'll be a damn good match. But a hater goes over. In a close match, you can still start a feud with it. You know, you could play the whole, well, you only beat me because I'm coming back from injury. I've been gone for this long. You know, I want to rematch. You could start that little pissing contest back and forth, get a bit a little bit of leg out of it. That's funny.
2: Okay, when when you say that then, it's you're looking at the situation just in reverse when it comes to Saraya and Britt Baker, right? Yeah. So Soraya comes back after five years, immediately beats the established.
1: Different though. Soraya left because, you know, supposedly she couldn't wrestle no more because of her neck. You know, she's been gone for five years. Thunder Rosa's out because she's injured. I mean, she has been gone for a bit, but you know, she's still a relevant name though. Soraya's not.
2: Well, using the injury aspect of it though, you know what? I'm not yeah. quite ready yet. I mean, look what they did with Brian Danielson when he came back and he ended up getting beat right from the whole concussion thing. Oh, I came back too early. Do you remember that one? which was on dynamite. So I feel like they're, they're kind of in that same pool, but I feel like they've handled certain situations a little bit differently than others, which no situation is exactly the same. So there's not necessarily one recipe to handle it, but I feel like, okay, well, if this is the precedent you used, you know Brian Danielson comes back, he is ready to rock and roll, but unfortunately he comes back too early, he loses, and he decides, hey, guess what, maybe I wasn't quite ready. Soraya comes in, do you immediately put Soraya over, over Britt Baker, or like you said before, double count out, maybe a disqualification, time limit draw, something where neither woman loses face, Because I feel like in some way, Britt Baker did lose some face on that because she did lose and she did lose clean. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like either Britt comes out and says that was a fluke or this or that or whatever it may be. I, I just, I'm trying to figure out where you go from here. And I look at these situations almost in a parallel sense. And okay, you did one with one, but then you're doing completely opposite with the other. And I'm a little shaking my head. But Hey, you know what? That's that's the whole concept of of trying to figure out why people do what they do.
1: I mean, Brit's never gonna say face after this. No, absolutely that's,
2: not. You, absolutely you not. can't
1: write this. Even if she does throw the you no, know, I had a bad day, uh, you know, blah blah blah, something like that. It still doesn't change the fact of Serena's been gone for five years, you no, know, had to retire because of injury, you know, basically fell off the planet realistically. No, off the wrestling plan. She wasn't around. She wasn't on TV anymore. Yeah, she had her movie and all that, but, you know, she wasn't doing a lot. I agree. She comes back, cuts some promos, and she goes over, Clean. you know, arguably one of your, maybe even your top talent in the women's division. Mm, I, I don't know. I just, there's no way for Britt Baker to recover from it.
2: Well, the only, the only, I'm with you, but the only thing I can think of is, do we start to create some tension between Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hayter now? You know, it's always great to be a friend of someone when they are pursuing something, but you never really want to see a friend completely get to where they want to go because you still want to feel like you still have that little edge on them. Maybe they would transition something like this. But, but in reality, you can't just squash the Soraya-Britt Baker thing immediately. So once again, I think Tony has his hands full with how he's going to handle this.
1: I, I don't know how you would transition that into uh, Hader and Britt and not – because you have, you have nothing for Soraya.
0: But so well, you could the play
1: the whole Jamie comes out, you no know, hey, I'm the leader now, you know. You just got beat clean by somebody who's been away for five years. You can have have her play that. That'll work. Okay, now you are got her in a rivalry, got a few going. Where's Soraya go?
2: Well, what happens if Soraya then is, you know, she overhears this. And then Britt says, uh-uh, once means nothing to me. Do it again. Maybe, maybe then that builds something up. Who knows? There it's just, you don't want to paint yourself into a corner where you have nowhere to go before you start something else. Everything needs a transition into something else. It, there needs to be a beginning, a plateau, and then a crescendo. And then it goes into something else. When you go from a beginning to a crescendo, there was no real middle. It's a little difficult to say, oh, okay, so I see the logical path with this storyline because sometimes it's just not there. Um, Let's go ahead and let's talk about... We we talked a little bit about the Trio's Championship, but I want to touch upon that just really quickly here before we go into the the main event. So, Death Triangle. So, just to kind of catch everybody up who might not be familiar with the situation, maybe you are. So, Death Triangle and the Elite were in the finals for the Trios, the inaugural Trios Championship, which was going to be at All Out. Well, obviously, the Elite won. However, after the... Post-media scrum, CM Punk made his comments. There was an altercation because we really don't know what happened. Was there a brawl? Was there not a brawl? We don't know, And, and we probably will never fully know the story. Unfortunately, everyone involved got suspended. They got stripped of their championships. CM Punk was allegedly injured. He was stripped of his world championship. They had another championship tournament to claim a new champion. Moxley ends up getting it back. Now, after two and a half months, whatever it may be, the Elite, the investigation's over. The Elite come back. They're going to take on Death Triangle, which many people would presume would be, okay, this is going to be our moment to come back and, and rightfully claim what we had never lost. Unfortunately, there really wasn't any buildup to this. It was just, boom, here they are. They're back. So we never really got to hear the storyline behind it because they're never going to talk about it. So it's one of those situations where... Now you mix in the Penta and the Pack and the Ray Phoenix situation, and now they're going to be doing a best of seven. I don't understand the best of well, I don't know why we're doing best of seven. I mean, I, I guess for to give good matches, but I think at some point in time that's a bit much. Um, what's your thoughts? Was it a good idea to have the elite lose in their return? Oh, yeah. What, What's your take?
1: Hundred percent. No way you have them come back and win. No, I I, I don't think again. I think maybe a little bit of this just just popped into my head. Might have been a little bit of still some some punishment. Hey, you know there was some you caused a bit of a pain in our ass with the whole whatever went on with CM Punk. Like you said, we're never going to know exactly what happened. Right, so I, I think it was probably might have been a little bit of that to it, and it's just there was no there wasn't enough hype and hoopla to it to have them come back and just take over because then Death Triangle looks really like nothing looks like a whipping post to the elite. It's a good point. Is that what you want for those guys? No, they deserve better. Than that. and if you can get a series of matches out of this. I think it was fantastic because the six of them is amazing. Seven's a stretch. <laughs> I don't know that that's a lot. No two out of three. Even three out of five. You're stretching a bit there too, or three out of five. But I mean four out of seven. Good God. <laughs> so they're gonna wrestle every are they gonna wrestle every week for the next
2: six weeks? They're already gonna be having um their their next match, which is gonna be happening on Dynamite this week.
1: Yeah, but okay. So then, what are you going to have? Some stipulation matches, some gimmick matches in, or just some straight up trios? I think they're going to. It opens up a lot of options for you.
2: In some ways, it does, but But, I also feel like in some ways, you you also don't want to pin yourself into a corner where it's like, oh, well, all we're going to do is straight up trios matches. I would think a stipulation would definitely be in order. So.
1: And it's going to end at the next pay per view, which is. You're not going to end this uh, Best of Seven on Rampage or Dynamite.
2: Oh, absolutely not. You're going to get a payoff. You're going to want to make some money off of this. There's
1: going to be something to it. It's going to be, you know, um, so Kenny took a hammer to to Phoenix for revenge or something. So now we can't have a Frios match for the next two weeks to buy it a little more. But we're going to have a tag team. Right. You know pack and penta versus the bucks or something like that or that's you probably do something like that because the payoff has to be at a pay-per-view correct you're not just going to have this goal for for the next six weeks and have it over that would be foolish i hope they don't do that but you, you can't just have it be straight up trios matches as good as the six of them are you're just going to get tired if i see the same match for the next six weeks as much as I love them, so I fuck burnout again, right? No, nope, now I got twenty minutes to go do something. That's what you're going to do. I don't care how no, big I, of a fan you are. You're going to.
2: I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I've often thought about on, on. Also, another possibility was what happens if I don't know if if they. Pack would be kicked out. But then again, that wouldn't make sense because Ray Phoenix agreed with what Pack was doing with the hammer. So if it was the Lucha brothers against Pack, and then all of a sudden they kicked him out and they were going to replace him with somebody else, then you could put a bandito in there or a Rouge or somebody else. But I think that might not exactly make the greatest sense, but,
1: but then it kills off your, your rivalry.
2: It does. It absolutely if does. Because
1: pack with whoever, I don't know.
2: No, I agree with you. There's, And that's the beauty of wrestling, guys. There's so many different ways and so many different directions that you can go into with all of this stuff. So definitely let us know what your thoughts are. We've been breaking down the full gear pay-per-view that recently happened this past Saturday night. Um, if you're enjoying this, hit us up on social media. Uh, but what is your Twitter handle if people want to talk more about this to you?
1: At gotnewf2291, 22
2: 9-1. Love it. Let's go ahead and let's talk about the main event of the evening. The main event was champion John Moxley defending his championship against Maxwell Jacob Friedman. MJF, I'm better than you, and you know it. Um, what did you think of as far as the buildup for this match?
1: Amazing. I yeah. love MJF. Uh, he's... He's everything you want in a modern-day heel. He's a piece of shit. Yet, you know, with, with everything going on, him getting turned on a little bit, you kind of root for him a bit. But then Party is like, yep, kind of happy he got that happen to him. He, he he just tears you in all kinds of directions. He's an absolute asshole on the microphone. But it's, it's what you want. You know, he lives the gimmick, his he's an asshole on Twitter. Perfect. Love him. Right. And Mox is Mox. Let's be honest. He can't go wrong either. Right? It was the right call.
2: A lot of people were, were wondering whether or not they should have the chase last longer, meaning Moxley ends up beating MJF and then they end up trying to, you know, follow that up at you know another pay-per-view or stretch it out. And I think that there's something that can be said for either one of those situations. Um, But then again, you you do want to strike when the iron's hot. And if the iron's hot right now for Max, you may lose that momentum if you don't strike quickly. So, and once again, we talked about this with Wardlow, you know, putting him in more of a main event caliber status instead of just the TNT championship. Although you do want to have somebody elevate that championship, no doubt about that. But... You want to strike when the iron's hot. And and I do agree. It, it was a good idea. Moxley had the championship for quite some time. He had, he's what the first three time AEW world champion. Um, what do you think we're going to see as far as what happens from this? Because I think it was really good the way they did this match. Meaning MJF didn't win clean, but once again, we didn't expect him to because that's not who he is. Um, William Regal slides the brass knucks and uh, MJF looks like he's aligning himself with William Regal. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Where do you think this takes the Blackpool Combat Club and everything else now going into Dynamite?
1: I'm going to say Regal leaves because Claudio and and Daniel Bryant, they're not going to stay with MJF.
2: You sure about that?
1: I'll bet you five bucks. I just don't see it happening. You don't I'll think it surprised.
2: could be a place where the Blackpool Combat Club gets called to the ring, and then all of a sudden they're trying to hash out all this beef or whatnot, and all of a sudden it's the... Do you remember the Randy Orton with Evolution thumbs up and then Triple H did the thumbs down? Yeah. I, I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm I'm trying to throw out some ideas to bring no. turn the Blackpool Combat Club Evil.
1: Not those two guys. No, I can't It'd be fun. You got that in my head now. I'm thinking about it. that'd be a lot of fun. Uh no. I I and just it- I can't see it happening.
2: Well, MJF comes out. He's the new leader of that, and then all of a sudden, maybe you get some other people to join that 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 faction. I'm just saying, you could have a really good heel stable right there, kind of like a Horseman deal, where they could run where they could run rough shot. I mean, Claudio, uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever the hell you want to call him. Uh, I, and I then screw
1: his name up every time.
2: I can never get that stuff right. No. Anyway,
1: so. Uh no, I think it'll be Regal's gonna leave, and, and all that, or align himself with MJF, or just another one just popped into my head. You no, know, Mox comes back. You no, know, he's all pissed off with Regal, obviously, you know, and they kick um, Regal out. I've see, three of them kick Regal out. Maybe there's Regal then does he go to MJF or is he just kind of disappear from TV for a little bit? Maybe it gives you a lot of options. I don't see MJF coming. It'd be fun. It definitely throw a wrench into a lot of stuff. I just, I can't see that Not with the
2: faces that are there. Well, it depends on what's best for
0: business. Mm.
2: I'm just throwing out some possibilities here. And I think that things could definitely get interesting. But once again, we're going to have to tune into Dynamite, which is each and every Wednesday night on TBS. It's going to be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check your local listings for time and availability in your area. I do know that uh, in in different parts of the world, it's at different times as well, clearly, because not everyone's on the same time thing. But I think it'll be interesting to find out what's going to happen with this. Um, the the match itself. What was your take on the match itself? It was great, very I good. Loved match. it,
1: loved right. it. Real good match. Max is he's in good shape right now. He's the best shape I've ever seen him in. Right, and I don't think he maybe gets the appreciation he deserves for his in ring work because a lot of people when they think of him think of him as a mouthpiece first. Correct. Yeah, and he is a mouthpiece. We can agree on that. But Very he much can so. wrestle, too. Like he's he's no an slouch. And Mox is, Mox is just, you know, rough-rugged, punch in the face. There was a good story to that match, too. They're you know, kind of getting baited into a bit of a fast, But you know, Mox is going to beat the hell out of you. But you still do it. It was, it was good. That was one of the better pay-per-views as a whole. Than I've seen it in a bit. I under this best AEW pay-per-view has been in quite a spell.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I was a big fan of the match. I thought the pay-per-view itself was really, really good. I think in a lot of ways, there was a lot of things that I was happy with. There were some things I shook my head at. But I think overall, in in the big picture, I think they did a really good job. Um, I'm still, once again, a little leery on as far as where they're going to go with bookings and whatnot. But I think we'll worry about that for another day. Um, If you're enjoying this podcast, remember this podcast is available for absolutely free. Anywhere fine podcasts are made available. If you know some wrestling fans, go ahead and let them know that you like the Front Row Material brand. Uh, We talk about wrestling. We talk about storylines. We do interviews. We talk all about stuff like this. And it's just a bunch of friends who've gotten together over the course of the last several years and we'd love to have your input as well. Do you agree with us? Maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you have a a, a thought that we haven't taken into consideration. Whatever that may be, definitely hit us up on social media. You've got the butts sure. information. You've got my information. Uh, definitely things to talk about heading into Thanksgiving Eve. Dynamite, I think that's going to be a really, really good episode. Now, I don't know how the ratings are going to turn out because obviously people are going to be traveling and whatnot, so... Um, But I do think it's definitely going to be a good episode on Dynamite. So definitely check that out. The Butster, anything else that you would like to share? Anything else? Any other comments, questions, concerns about wrestling that you have?
1: No. no, I enjoyed the show. That's about it. Life's good, my man. Ten days to my show.
2: 10 days to the show Let's Let's talk more about that one. So the show is going to be coming up. Give everybody the dates of the show.
1: Uh, December 3rd and 4th, McKinnon Brothers Brewery, Bath, Ontario. Uh, It's an artisan vendor market right at the farm, right at the brewery. Uh, Santa's going to be there. Food trucks are going to be there. Wagon rides, all that good stuff. It's It's actually $10 to get in. All the money gets donated to the local food bank. Nice and, and sharing center, so you know you're giving back to your community. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of different artisans there, uh, woodworkers, everything. I'm going to be one of the vendors selling some wooden toys, hopefully, selling lots of wooden toys because I've spent a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I'd love to have somebody come out,
2: come out, say hello. Absolutely, and uh, once again, give the address of the location
1: it's a uh, Bath, Ontario. Give me a minute. I'll work on the actual address.
2: Perfect. It's kind of
1: out in the sticks. so.
2: Okay. It's out in six. sticks. What is your booth number, by the way, so people can go right to your booth?
1: Oh, Ironically, I'm booth number 13.
2: Booth number 13.
1: Uh, it is at 1915 County Road 22, Bath, Ontario.
2: There you go. Bring the soap, take a bath. It's going to be great. $10 for admission. Once again, the proceeds are going to go to a great, great place. Go ahead and support uh, local vendors in the community. Also, go out there and see the butt. He has been working feverishly on all his Christmas toys. Uh, definitely go ahead and purchase some toys as well. Purchase a toy and have the butt sign it for you as well. Once again, how cool would that be? You could actually have an autographed item from the butt himself. Um there's supposed to be good food there too, right? So what what kind of food are we gonna have there?
1: Uh when they did it last year, there was um food truck, your your typical fare, you know, your burger, fry, hot dog, sausage dog, otters uh, of beaver tails. Uh you, you know what a beaver tail is. is I hope <laughs> that's like a deep- slang
2: term for food and not literally <laughs> you cut a beaver's tail off and fried it. Come
1: on, we're not savages. It's it's deep fried dough and you put whatever you want on top of it could just be powdered sugar could be nutella um apple cinnamon like actual apple slices whipped cream and strawberries all kinds of stuff they'll be there well, it's a brewery so obviously there might be some adult beverages there and non-adult beverages there as well I mean it is outdoors so they definitely have your ice cream or your uh, ice cream yeah your hot chocolate and your coffees and teas and all that good stuff. Um, I'm not sure what the other food trucks are. They haven't announced that yet. They just announced the vendors. And, yeah. All kinds of good stuff.
2: Well, I tell you what. You are a lot of things. Uh, a good person is definitely one of them. I would never in my wildest dreams ever call you a savage. That's <laughs> definitely never something i would call you you are far from that if you're in the know then you're in the know with that being said i am mike freeland for the butt for the Rhythm himself thank you so much for joining us on this episode of front row material brand we will catch you next time
1: good night
0: my executive producer, The RIT, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling, all across the landscape—from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW Radio never stops.